Someone said that Alan had a glass eye once. Well, Ian from Newfound Glory tried to get that rumor started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin. Sapnin. You're listening to episode 93 of Sapnin Podcast with myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, and... I think that this episode will go down in history in some way, shape or form. Yes, uh, our guests this week are the fantastic uh, Alan and Dan from Four Years Strong. Yes. Um, Yes, we had a fantastic chat with the guys. Uh, We did over an hour with them. Um, Yeah, it was a very eventful conversation. Alan started in his car. Um, when he when he finally turned up, Alan started in his car and then moved to his house, then got into his house, <laughs> the, then the dogs kicked off, and yeah. then he shut the dogs out. Um, but yeah, thank you very much to Alan and Dan. We had a, such a good time, such a good laugh. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of beautiful chaos, we'll tell you that. But yes, Massachusetts bearded punk legends. They're a band we absolutely adore. Uh, a lot of their songs are serenaded in scenes we're part of, and we thought it's about time we got them on. They released a belter of an album in Brain Pain at the start of 2020 before all this virusy things kicked off. And we talk all about it, what they've been up to, as well as taking a trip down memory lane so some of their classic records, the early days, how they almost broke up, Christmas trees, and Alan did have a COVID test in result in why he was in his car just before he started recording. So you'll find out the results to that on the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, I hope we can't catch it. Oh, no. Oh, no, I said too much. Yeah, you can't catch it via the internet, so we might be all right. And also, you'll have to listen in because he might not be positive he might be positive so so far on this podcast we've done um a baby we've done baby reveals we've done engagement (laughs) reveals and now we're doing covid test reveals what will you think of next does alan from four years strong have covid find out later 
but no, but thank you again to the guys. It's a great chat. So excited about it. Um, but talking about some of their classic records as well, Sean, I did notice that our good friends at Hassle Records are celebrating yes. their 15th year anniversary soon. And to celebrate that, they're reissuing 15 of the most classic albums that come out from that label. And one of them is, of course, Rise or Die Trying by Four Years Strong nice that's awesome yeah so yeah congratulations to uh hassle records for being for getting to 15 years old finally 15 um fine like they've been waiting oh god we can get a 15 <laughs> we can finish this record label um yeah so yeah congratulations to them and yeah let's hopefully try and get somebody from hassle on soon um we can have a talk about the record industry and stuff yeah that'd be good that'd be something a bit different but yeah there's a host of those records as well so if you head over to hasslerecords.com you can pre-order that four year strong rise or die trying special limited edition two color vinyl sean two colors yes. in one two color that's one color if we put two colors into one oh uh, yeah but but it's half and half isn't it I went half, recon, half, I oh you went real half. god half, <laughs> and half, chip, half chips half rice like half chips half rice um oh. half and half it is half and half you're right yeah great episode lovely lovely chaps yeah but anyway while we while we while you mentioned welshy things yeah and celebrating today's a very special day sean isn't it because oh, yes your band raiders have finally released some new music in Destructobot that is available to listen to worldwide right now yes go to raidersbanduk.bandcamp.com if you're listening to this on friday because basically what Bandcamp have done during the pandemic is every first Friday of the month, they give 100% of all revenue generated by the artist to the artist. So they're not skimming money off the top like, you know, the majority of people do. And, you know, Spotify paid 0.06 pence a stream or whatever. So, if yeah, if it's Friday and you want to um, check it out and would consider purchasing it, please check out raidersbanduk.bandcamp.com. If you're listening to this Saturday or onwards, it is out on all the other DSPs, Spotify, Apple Music, all of that stuff. So please, please check it out. And we have a video coming for it next Friday, actually. Ooh! Ooh, indeed. Ooh, indeed. Um, Yeah, so basically the theme of the song is... We started writing it about a year ago and we've finished it ages ago and it was my kind of, my sense of humour and the way I deal with the constant misery that's currently happening around the world <laughs> is by being as sarcastic as possible. So this no. is kind of, yes, really? yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So this song is about powering through, um, never giving up, but also cannot believe that everything has turned to shit so yeah please check it out it's called Destructobot it's by Raiders Raiders Band UK on everything at Raiders Band UK on Twitter Instagram Facebook all our nonsense Um, please check it out if you don't like it you're lying Um, if you listen to it and it makes you want to do some sexy grinding dance boy Mm. girl fruit or flower send us a video because I want to see it makes me grind, and when we play it live, I do a lot of grinding. So expect that when we can go back to shows, but it will be grinding at a two-meter distance. He does. I can I can um, vouch for that. I've, I've seen Sean grinding quite a bit, and that's a really weird sentence. Um, but anyway, how are you feeling about it, Sean? How are you feeling about actually getting this track out now? You've had it yeah. in the bank for a while. 
Yeah, because I did. Um, it was mixed. Um, it was recorded by uh, Todd Campbell of Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons. Nice. Um, it was mixed by Stu Richardson of No Devotion, Thursday and Lost Profits. And it was awesome mastered by the wonderful Jesse Cannon in New York. Yeah, I'm chuffed with it. We're really eager just to get stuff out. We've got like eight other songs. Maybe next month there might be another song coming. And a month after that. And a month after that. Maybe I've said too much. I don't know. Um, but yeah, we are excited for people to hear it. And if you like it, please, please, please share it. Because we're not doing this through a label. We're not doing this through management. We're not doing this through like... We haven't got a team. We're literally just doing it like ourselves just to put it out so because we we know people are bored of waiting for stuff from us so please please check it out share and like where you can yeah awesome can't wait to get it into my ears sean and let us know what you think of raiders new single and the podcast at sapping pod on twitter and instagram uh sean how'd you spell it at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D that's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D yeah send us a message let us know what you think about everything what are you doing today what's your grand up to tomorrow uh, let us know send us a message or you can go and visit patreon.com forward slash sapnin where we tell you everything going on with everyone involved even if you like it or not and it may include curtains that's a weird thing to put in who's gonna want to sign up to a patreon right you've got to say things like right there's merch offers there's the option there's the option to um skype and chat with us um there's the option Mm. to just join the family and become and just meet some amazing people there's just so many options and you've gone with curtains yeah um listen wait wait if if you're listening to this now right and you were thinking, I've listened to a couple of these episodes. I quite <laughs> like these boys somehow. They're both fucking idiots. Yes, yeah, granted. Yeah. I like both of these boys. I if if there's is there a way I can support them? Do you know what? There, there probably is a way I can support them, but it doesn't involve enough curtains. If you've <laughs> thought that now and you're like, oh, I'm going to check out the Patreon because he's mentioned curtains, you're mental. <laughs> What's taking you so long? <laughs> What is it with curtains? Um, you couldn't uh, have picked the worst thing to sell, in, Mom. I, I, sorry, I, my my brain just went. Um, but speaking of merch, we do have merch available right now. It's a very yes. limited uh, offer. If you want the links and more information on that, then head over to our Twitter and Instagram at Pod or the description. I'll put the dis- I'll put the link to our merch in the description of this episode. So Oof. go and buy a T-shirt. Look fabulous, and I can guarantee you it is the perfect piece of clothing for more likes on selfies oh guaranteed not a guarantee guaranteed not a we'll guarantee stalk, we'll stalk your accounts and like the picture you post in them basically so that is more likes but I've said too much anyway should we get into this wonderful conversation with Dan and Alan of four years strong patreon.com force us happening we didn't really mention the address but yes here they come four years strong stronger than ever for five years for t- ten years strong I don't know what I'm saying Jesus Christ here they are Alan and Dan cheers boys Sapnin' Sapnin' There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Sapnin! 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 Yes! Yes! All four! Yes! All four! Yes, I wasn't sure then. It was a little bit of a little bit of a delay, <laughs> but that's fantastic. Yes, this week's guests on Sapnin Podcast are the wonderful Alan and Dan from the fantastic Four Year Strong. Yes. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having us. Sorry, sorry in advance for my my bad service. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, we've um, yeah we were just talking before we started, and um, yeah, Alan's just come back from a COVID test, and yeah. you are all clear. Thank God. Yeah, I'm good to go. Nice. So I don't even have to wear a mask anymore, right? That's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> right, could you? Could, well, I don't know if you grow the beard a little bit longer, you could fold it up. Oh, you could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right up. Self masks. That's not bad, actually. That's a weird. Or just grow the mustache. Yeah, grow the mustache extra long. Yeah, I think the mustache is probably the easiest way, rather than because you'd have to like you'd have to eat the beard as well, I think, and then that's just it's it's like whale baleen. Like it just filters everything through. (laughs) (laughs) Catches the kelp as you're flying through the water. Um, This might be the weirdest start to one of the podcasts (laughs) we've done, but I'm all for it. I love Um, it so far. Yeah, how have you guys been during this absolutely bonkers period? I've uh, been pretty well. Um, I mean, I guess, like, not really too much to report. Just kind of been living life, working on some band stuff, trying to figure out ways to keep things going, and also just helping my kids get through it. You know, we, we've got school starting up um, next week, and so my... Uh, my oldest daughter is going into first grade, but she's going to be doing it all from home and trying to sort it out with what the school system is going to be. And it's just insane. So eh, pretty much been figuring that out. Yeah, I've, I've been uh, trying to keep busy. I don't have kids, so I don't have to deal with that. Um, but yeah, just trying to stay sane. It's, it's a funny thing having 
released a brand new album yeah. right literally right before everything yeah. shut down because everything every once in a while i have a panic moment like oh my god what are we doing nothing's happening but like i don't know literally nothing's happening it's not just us there's no no one's able to go out on tour yeah exactly yeah yeah because i was going to mention with brain ping you know as you said you released it right just before everything kind of broke out and all the lockdowns were in place worldwide but it, it in many sense it must be such a weird album cycle for you guys not being able to tour with such a record just you're so proud of but i know you've been busy behind the scenes as well and been doing a lot of kind of virtual meet and greets as of late to try and connect with fans on some level yeah we you know we the, the record came out i think like two weeks before everything got shut down we played like a total of i think eight shows playing the new song. So it's really strange because it still feels really new to me. Like, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to play some of these songs. Like, we only played like three or four of the songs uh, live. So I'm like really excited to play these songs. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's already been out for like six months. Like, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're trying to stay busy, trying to do what we can to push the record. We still have a lot of other things that are, you know, kind of in the works to uh, to push it as well. But yeah, I mean, just like everybody else, just trying to figure it out. Yeah, well, what's it being on the other side of it, doing a lot more of uh, the virtual meet and greets and stuff now and trying to connect with fans over the internet, really? Yeah. It's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely strange, but um, I was pleasantly surprised when we did it the other day how, I mean, it, it probably has to do with the fact that everybody's kind of going through the same thing. So everybody's really excited to do anything and to speak to anybody that they have any interest in speaking to. So uh, when we did the, the, the meet and greets the other day, it was actually really fun and it wasn't awkward. There were a couple of times where like their internet service was a little strange, but the, which that was, my, that was actually my favorite part because <laughs> there was a couple of times where we could see them, but they had no idea we could see them. So we were seeing their like actual reaction, like being like, Oh fuck, it's not working. Holy shit. What, what do I do? What do I do? And they were like panicking. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just love it when everything falls apart. But but with Bring Ping as well, I mean, um, I know you haven't been able to play a lot of these songs live, as you said, but has it been weird that you've been able to have that kind of downtime to reflect on this record in many ways? Because it's had a great reception online. A lot of people have, have really being vocal point about their favorite tracks and everything like in many ways have you been able to actually just sit down more and, and reflect and see the record grow in a different aspect uh i mean yes we've we've i mean there's no other way to to, to do it is just kind of watch it grow in a different way um it's different for us because we're already i i don't know if it also has to do with the fact that we're kind of having to shake this feeling that we're not doing everything that we can be doing to like push the record. But it's weird for us because we're like, should we be writing new songs? Should we be like working on an, a follow-up already? Like we're, it's, it's a really strange kind of back and forth and just like inner dialogue in the band of like, what is the next step? Like what? And like, then we talk to our team and they're like, no, like everything's fine. Like, <laughs> like we just go through these weird panic moments. They're like, what the fuck are we doing? But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess, um, to be honest, this year is just going to be written off. I think everybody who brings albums out this year is just going to hopefully get to just do it next year, just as like a whole year shift. Like, yep. it's going to come to the 31st of December and we'll go, right, let's all agree 2020 didn't happen. <laughs> We're starting again 
now right 2020 go all the plans all yeah, the plans be, but that would be the optimum situation for sure yeah i'm kind of hoping things just like pick up exactly where they left off when things start opening up again because to me it, it like it feels like we put out an album and then we've just chosen not to go on tour for who knows it could be a year could be a year and a half you know till like normal touring starts happening again but then i have to remind myself that it's not it's not like our career move that we're deciding to put out an album and not do any touring in support of it it's like it, just nothing's happening so like a huge i just really hope that everyone else sees it like it never happened too like okay venue opens up okay what was the last show i was gonna go see oh i wanted to go see four years strong so i'll go see them now yeah, yeah. you know I think the thing that's weird about it is for us especially is we took like a year and a half basically off from doing normal tour to write and record and work yeah. on the record really hard yeah. so for me it feels like it's been forever like we kind of just like this year and a half off then we played eight shows and now we're just halfway through the next year so it's crazy for me because in the past going on like two years or more we haven't really been as active as i mean we we're trying to be, do you know what I mean? So I think that's like this weird mental game that I'm playing in my head of like, what am I doing? Like, what are we supposed to be doing? Um, I think the thing that I'm most worried about is as far as things just picking back up with where we left off is, I mean, there's, there's a lot of venues that are like, you're watching them like start to close, like it's starting with the smaller ones, but it's eventually going to like work its way up to like, you know, some of the middle ones and then some of the bigger ones and, and some of the ones that are staples that we play on every tour. And I think that's one of the, the most frightening parts for me is that when everybody's like, all right, all clear, like you can start touring and it's like, okay, but can't, is there a place to tour? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, no way. Well, that, and it's going to be a flooded market anyways. Like there's going to be so many, every band on planet earth is going to be trying to go out on tour. So if there's less venues, there's less places to possibly play because someone else might be playing in that city that night. Or, I mean, that's a problem already when we go out on tour is trying not to book a tour. That's like right around the time of another similar genre band. Cause like, even even a couple of years ago, it seemed like people only had so much money they wanted to spend on going to a show. So if two shows in the same week were bands they wanted to see, some people were going to have to choose which one they were going to go see, depending on like, I don't know, when's the last time they saw them or how often they usually come around or whatever reasons. But that was even a problem then. And now with like people being out of work for a freaking for half the year potentially and you know i wonder if that's going to be even more of an issue or if people are going to say fuck it i'm gonna spend all of my money because i haven't been able to go to any shows for the yeah. past six months well i think what we've kind of come across with listeners to, to this podcast is i think everyone is just so eager so i think it's the other way if anything i think there's going to be a rush to every show yeah. i think yeah if you can be one of those first sweet yeah, if you can be one of those first <laughs> bands to do a show, I think people will go mad. So, yeah. Um. That's what's kind of funny is like there's there's going to be the bands who want to be the first bands to, to do shows. Yeah. But then it's also like, are you going to be... Eh? <laughs> yeah, so there's also that weird fine line of like, are you the first band who tries to do a show when it's just not perfect yet and now you're mm, an animal? Yeah. 
Yeah, and now the virus is called four-year-strong virus. Like, oh, what? Yeah. It was COVID <laughs> before we decided to tour? Shit. Sm- Smash Mouth is making it happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, silly billies. Absolutely silly billies. What are they going to... Oh. But, but anyway, but going back to Brain Ping as well, uh, you, you mentioned the time frame between the last tour and everything, but it was actually a five-year gap between that and your last record. It seemed that, you know, as you said, you took a lot of time to perf- perfect the sound, the, the way you wanted to go and stuff in the songwriting. How would you now having more time to, to look back on it, see the difference between the, those two albums? Did you think having that time off really gave you enough to kind of evolve as you went on oh yeah for sure i i don't i don't think even being able to reflect on it in this like once and hopefully once in a lifetime kind of situation that everyone's in i don't think i would have changed how we had done it or wished we had written different songs like it's definitely the piece of work i think i can speak for both dan and i and the whole band really that it's like the that we're most proud of in a lot of ways but i think we could have done it without all that time off between the last and all the touring we had done and and doing the 10-year rise or die anniversary tour and like there's so many ingredients that like kind of influenced the album and then taking the time to really to really put all those pieces together and write the record we wanted to write was exactly how it needed to be done yeah we we never really gave ourselves as much time as we needed to write the record that we wanted to write, I guess, except for Rise or Die, because Rise or Die was just all of our best songs up until that point. You know what I mean? So I guess we had had the whole first part of our career, because by the time that record came out, we'd already been a band for like six or seven years. Hmm. Um, So we've been writing songs, obviously, we tons of songs, a lot of really, 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 really bad ones, but lots of really bad um, ones, but when we, including some of the ones that are on that album, (laughs) (laughs) no, come on. When we did rise or die, you know, it was kind of just like, all right, well, let's take all of our best stuff so far and put it on one record. And with this record, you know, uh, and sorry, with the self-titled record that we did right before this, it's a lot more rushed. There were a lot of different things happening. We, every every record since then we've always had okay we want to have it out by this date because this tour is booked and this is happening so wherever we're at in the writing process like we've got to like kick it into high gear get the songs in get it recorded blah blah so you always have that like that little end date that's that's always ticking down as you're trying to finish this so there's inevitably times you're like i don't love this but it's good enough. Like put that in there, whatever, you know what I mean? You don't, you don't want to settle, but there's obviously a place in your brain that, especially as a songwriter, unless someone says, okay, you're done. I can tweak a song for fucking ever. Like, you know what I mean? It'll never be done. But with this record, one of the things that we did that we've never done before is we just wrote as many songs as we could. Like we wrote probably like as far as like starts of songs and like ideas and where we were going, like over 50 songs and and what was cool about that is it kind of gave us a similar 
um, vibe to when we did Rise or Die, where we could be like, all right, let's take the best of all of these songs and that's yeah. the record. Um, and without having the amount of time and the and the amount the amount of time to even conceptualize what we were going to do, because that's what we did more than anything on this record that we've never done before is just talking about what we wanted it to be and just sonically and as songwriting wise and how we wanted a specific dynamic from front to back of the record and, and how we wanted it to come together. We had never done that before this record um, really at all. Um, so just having that amount of time was really important. Yeah. And, and that, and I think another important part of writing as many songs as we did was the fact that we didn't hold back, right? Like anytime we're writing a four year strong song in the past um, or writing a record, we're very specifically have these like four, like these boundaries of like what we think we can get away with. And we know this song is probably going to go on the record as we're writing songs because we're on under this crazy deadline so every song has to be like the song that's on the record so if we write a part and we're like oh, that's a little that's a little out there let's reel it back in and, and we're we have all these rules for ourselves but this time around we just wrote whatever we wanted even if it was way too far outside the box and just let those creative juices kind of flow and it would get through us and get out of us and then we could move on to the next thing and some of the songs you know that we didn't end up with obviously didn't make the record for a reason, but I think we wouldn't have gotten to the record, the songs that did make the record that are our favorite songs. We hadn't written those other not so great ones or, or outside the box ones. Yeah. Was this, um, was this your guys first time working with Will Putney? Um, no, it was, well, officially, yes, it was our first time making a record with Will Putney as the Will Putney. Everyone now knows and loves. Um, but, we he was the assistant engineer on enemy of the world oh cool um because we, we we did that record with a producer named machine and will was kind of his his uh his right hand man at the time so they worked together for a long time and then will started doing his own thing and another another ingredient we wanted to incorporate into this new album was like some kind of familiarity and like comfortability of you know who four years strong was and is so will felt like a good kind of um good match for that because he was a part of who four years strong was and now he's off doing his own thing and it just seems like working with someone that we know we we know well we know we get along with we know we have a fun with and on top of that, someone who's absolutely killing it in their field, you know, um, it just kind of seemed like a no brainer. Yeah. One of the things that we thought about a lot when we were trying to figure out who's going to produce the record is we've gotten bitten a little bit in the past by going with a producer who doesn't fully understand what the band, I get what, what like the DNA of the band is. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as songwriting goes, Alan and I always try and do weird stuff. Like we're, we're those, we're those guys who we, we don't like to repeat ourselves. Um, if we can, you know, not do that. So we're the, the guys who will spend, you know, hours in a studio, just like trying to figure out this one guitar tone that nobody else hears in their head, but us and all this stuff. But we've never had a producer who we, we've either had a producer who knows really well what the band is and is really good at reeling us back in 
or we've had someone who doesn't really know what the band is and will let us go you know as far as we want to take it and we kind of wanted somebody who knew what the band was but we know is creative enough to let us go as far as we want to go and then just find where on that graph like the farthest point that we can go with it still having the 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 dna or the makeup of what sounds like four years strong and uh, i think that was really great about will because like alan was saying we wrote so many songs and some of them were very much outside of i guess the walls of what four years strong can be which is exactly what alan and i always like to do we like to push things farther and farther and farther and um going with someone like will is he understands what we're going for hear the demo and be like okay i know exactly what they're trying to do and let me help them reel it into what makes sense so awesome no he's done a fantastic job i think um yeah you guys have absolutely smashed it on this record um yeah i've had get out of my head um stuck (laughs) in my head since the moment i found out we were going to do this when aileen confirmed it i was like right awesome and yeah it's it's awesome um if i was you i'd be chuffed to bits so congratulations on it guys thanks we are really excited about the album and it is an unfortunate (laughs) bad timing kind of a situation but um yeah i I really don't even (laughs) have anything to say about it because it's just like what what do you what can you say what can you do i think the thing that i'm i'm grateful for that we got this record out before this thing happened Mm. um, is i'm not sure you know, what we would have done if things had canceled before it got out there. Like, I don't know as far as like our conversations with like what our label like would have been like, Oh, do we delay it? Like, what do we do? And the fact that it's out there and it's gotten the reception that it has, um, at least that part feels awesome because I'm really excited to continue writing and to make more stuff because with this record, I feel like we've We've, as far as like internally, we've kind of lit a new fire in the band that, you know, uh, for a band that's been, we've been doing it since like 2001. So we're, we're, uh, we're going to be 20. We're fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> Our band's going to be 20 next year. And wow. for, to be a band that long and still feel like creatively, mm, like fresh, enthusiastic and inspired, um, is fairly rare. And, you know, we've definitely been down the hole where, you know, we've just been like fed up with what we're doing or just not creative or not inspired. And this record was the most inspired we've been. And the fact that it's been received as well as it has makes me really excited to like keep pushing and keep writing songs and like makes me feel like, I don't know, I have the, I, I know it's like a cliche thing to say, but it feels like, oh, we're just getting started kind of a thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I just hope, I just hope that it didn't come out right before this whole shutdown happened. And now, and you know how music is like, it's a fucking time machine, right? So if you hear a song that you used to listen to at this certain point in your life, it like transports you right back into that moment. Like I'm hoping that this record isn't like people can't listen to it because like, Oh, all I can think about is like being fucking locked up in my apartment (laughs) and not being able to see any of my friends. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that, when this whole thing is over and people do look back on it, I think it's going to be looked back upon in a little bit of a different, like the way that everyone feels about being in quarantine and lockdown or whatever right now, because they're just, it's been for fucking ever and they're fed up with it. I feel like in like four years when people talk about like the lockdown or the quarantine, there's going to be this weird, I don't know, weird, like 
I feel like there's going to be some weird renaissance that happens. Yeah. 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 And it's going to be talked about as like this weird awakening that like all these people have this time to reflect and think. And when things happen again, they're going to have either a new appreciation for what's going on or a new way to look at life. And I feel like there could be a possibility where people could have like this weird, I don't know, appreciation. I I freaking hope that's the case because it would be nice if people could somehow take positivity out of this situation as like yeah like a reflection on how you've done things in the past and how to grow and how to how to approach things in a safer way you know and kind of moving forward with some kind of positivity Mm. it's like we we kind of need that (laughs) yeah definitely yeah i i think people are going to look back at it and say it, it was the record that maybe got them through all this stuff i did i did get a text I did get a text from someone yesterday that said that. Nice. That, like, oh, there you dude, go. I've been listening to Brain Pain. It's got me through a lot of this. So thank you. There you go. Nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. That, that yeah was cool. Like you, like you said, like um, my band's bringing out. Oh, it's Friday. Yeah. So this podcast comes out Friday. My band has a song out today, and it's um. Yeah, it's just miserable. So um, I'm, sh- I'm sure people are going to listen to it and go, oh, yeah, yeah, everything else turned to shit. You are right. Yeah, correct. So, um, I'd, I'd, yeah, mine might be known as the virus record, whereas yours might be the, oh, it saved me through a hard time record. Mine's going to be known as, remember that song that came out when everything had fucking turned to shit? I hate that band. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're, you're going to be a bit better off. Yeah. But, but with all that as well, Dan, you mentioned keeping the band motivated and inspired, especially you're almost reaching 20 years together. How, how do you, what little, what little steps do you guys take to stay energized, to stay motivated and stuff be, be, behind Four Years Strong? Because I know there, there was a time where one of the records wasn't perceived well and, and you were all going through quite a hard time. It almost ended. But like now, is there anything you, you really try and take to, to help creativity and just and the, the spirit of the band i think i think one of the things that helps us be as close and as energized and as creative as we are now is a lot of the things that we've been through together in the past um i think when when in some way shape or form came out you know not only did we you know was it not received well and that obviously took a, a big chunk out of our our um our mindset basically But like even leading up to that, I think we weren't really in a, well, I know for a fact we were not in like a healthy relationship within the band and we definitely had worked ourselves to, you know, the bone and we're not the type of band that really talks about their problems very much at that point. And, and I think, and, you know, we, for lack of a better word, broke up for like a year and a half to two years after that cycle ended. Um, you know, with, without really much hope that we were going to get back together and do anything. And we didn't break up. We didn't like announce like never playing shows again. We just kind of each went our separate way and just things kind of fizzled. Um, but I think what was awesome about that time is, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. You know, we started the band and we were so young and we just worked so hard and we toured and we toured that we basically did all of our growing up together on tour which isn't really much growing up. We didn't really get to actually, you know, take time to figure out who we were as people and, and, and sort ourselves out as these, I guess, budding adults. And 
when we took this time off, I think that really gave us the mental and physical time to just like figure out who we were kind of like establish our roots as who we are as adults and being, and also reflect on 11 years prior to that of what we've been going through. And it gave us the opportunity to say like, Oh, maybe I was kind of a dickhead, like, or, you know, maybe I should have like voiced my opinion more when this was pissing me off or whatever. And I think one of the reasons that we are as strong of a unit now is because we have the time to look back at who we were from the outside. And now we get to come back, rekindle our relationships and not make as many stupid adolescent mistakes as far as our personal relationships go that. And I think we just have a really good time together now. Like we all, like we're just constantly laughing. We're constantly joking and, you know, stayed pretty close geographically. So we see each other when we're off tour and we're just more friends now than I think we have been in a while. Oh, nice. Yeah. What would you say was, um, yeah, well, when you said you had like that mini secret breakup, what was like the catalyst to go you back together? Was it like a text from someone? Did somebody say, let's make a record and we want to do a show? Uh, yeah. Alan, are you still here? You're frozen. I don't know if you're still here. I, I, I am. I'm about to lose service, but I'm almost home and I can switch over my computer. Okay. Well, I'll answer this question. We'll see you in a little while. Um, so we have been broken up for a while and uh, Alan and I really weren't getting along very well, even prior to that. Um, and so Alan and I, our relationship kind of falling apart was definitely a, a lot of what had to do with the band kind of not doing anything. Um, and so I had gotten a job working in like pharmaceuticals and he was doing something else. And then one day I just got a text from him that was like, Hey, we should get together and like write some songs. And I was, and I just was like, okay, sounds good. And I just quit my job that day. And we were just like, all right, <laughs> we're back together. That's just it. It was like kind of simple as that. I think Alan reached out and, and once he did, I was just stoked to get back to work. So nice. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and from a fan's perspective as well, I think it's quite nice that there wasn't a whole dramatic announcement or going or like breakup period of, oh, we're on hiatus. We're not doing stuff now. It was kind of just left alone for a while. I mean, you just didn't kind of, touch anything social there's no post it was just kind of it is what it is i think on many levels from like you you see a lot of bands now coming breaking up doing a whole thing and then coming back just a year or two later i, I think i think it is a, quite a nice uh, approach for because there's no pressure yeah from it, on your point of view i think you know as if in retrospect we definitely probably could have like made some more money if we were like oh we're coming <laughs> um, yeah but yeah, I mean, I think one of the reasons we never really made a statement or announced that we were on a hiatus is because we didn't really know because we as a band hadn't even discussed like, where are we? Like, what are we doing? We just kind of disappeared. We this one because we do a holiday show at home every year. Um, and that even after we had like stopped touring and we were like done and at home and not really talking to each other, that was still something that was on the books. Um, so what was crazy about that is we still did a holiday show a holiday show during that that time that we had been broken up but what was funny about it is we didn't do any practicing we didn't do anything whatsoever the first time that i saw those guys when we walked up on stage to sound check and it was like really strange because like we hadn't like communicated we all just kind of like got an email being like this is the time for sound check blah blah and we all just showed up played the show and then 
like that was cool but then we all kind of like again went back to our own things and uh and that was that was a really strange feeling too because we didn't talk about it even we were in the same room we were playing a show together like nobody even like acknowledged the fact that like are we broken up or are we still (laughs) what the hell's going on it was i mean retrospectively it was obviously very unhealthy uh, relationship and you know we hadn't like i said really figured out like the right way to communicate how you feel you know mentally towards i mean if you think about a band especially one that is mildly successful it means that they're touring all the time and they're together a lot if you think about it it's basically like we're married we're living together <laughs> it's everything to do with a a, a a romantic relationship without any romance and without like any sex so like it's like what <laughs> you know trying to find the silver lining sometimes is really really difficult to do um and especially when you know everyone is secretly having hostility towards people, but not talking about their problems and all this stuff. And, you know, I feel like a lot of bands go through the same exact thing. I feel like it's a very common story. It's a very, it's, it's the reason a lot of bands break up. I mean, creative differences, right? That's like the, the, the gimmick phrase that everybody throws out there for the reason to, to break up. But um, for us, I don't know. I think our, inability to communicate with each other about things that we feel actually worked on our advantage worked to our advantage when we were broken up because nobody wanted to talk about if we were broken up and what the future was going to be because we were all so passive aggressive and then when it finally came time to get back together and we had secretly all been missing it and yearning to get back out there we all kind of jumped at the chance and gave us the opportunity to talk about like okay this is why i hated being in the band why did you hate being in the band and then it kind of uh you know, it was able to sort itself out as instead of, cause when we broke, when the band broke up, it was four kids, you know, in a band. and when the band got back together, it was like four adults being in a band. Like we had that like time to finish growing and to finish sorting ourselves out. And you know, it was kind of like side A and side B. So yeah. oh, I completely agree on the, um, being in a band and not growing up. That is literally me to a nutshell. I left college <laughs> Yeah, I left college and working in a bingo hall when I was 20. Wow. And then, according to the government, I went missing in action <laughs> for 13 years. Um, and I came back equally as childish, if not more childish, than I was prior to leaving for the band. And then, all of a sudden, adulthood. Yep. What? Yeah. What the fuck is this taxi shit? It's interesting to be like a 35, 30, like with this pandemic, it's fun to be a 35 year old guy that has a mortgage and, you know, a couple of cars and a wife and a couple of kids and some dogs. And then all of a sudden, like, which, you know, relative, like things look like things are going well. And then all of a sudden it's like this pandemic happens and it's like, oh, I'm not qualified to do anything on paper. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. I was, um, yeah, I was talking to a friend and I was like, well, yeah, I have no skills. Like, like, I don't know how anything works. Like, I look at a car, you could put all of the pieces to a car on the floor in front of me and I would never, ever make a car. It would be imp- it would be impossible. So yeah, it's t- yeah, it's taken up until uh, probably about March me to realize, unless it's shouting at a crowd. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I can't do nothing. Yeah. I've got no skills. Well, one thing that's fun about our band is we're actually all, we're all relatively good with our hands. We all have skills in other places like Joe builds furniture and, you know, we all have kind of an interest in like woodworking. Jake works in 
construction. Alan, you know, records bands and stuff at home, but also makes syrup and runs like a farm with his wife and all this. And like, we all have these other skills, but they're, they're all, none of them are on paper. Like we don't have any, we don't have a resume. If I handed, (laughs) if I handed in a resume to get a job, they'd be like, this person just fell out of the sky. Like, yep, yep. how is he? even been eating food up until <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh i've had the very same problem when my um yeah when my band called it a day i was like all right cool i better write up a cv then okay cool uh mcdonald's 16 uh college bingo hall missing for 13 years friend <laughs> friend's barbershop what yeah. where's he been where's yeah. he been uh, it's yeah and it's unbelievable uh, yeah no and sadly i've got no transferable skills oh look out alan's turned up with a desk he's in the same place <laughs> he's turned up in the same place as dan <laughs> yeah the guitar has just continued that way he's actually- <laughs> this is a wall of constant guitars that's brilliant alan your mic's off i think Oh, he's got the SM7 there, and we can't hear it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Morgan, Morgan, please leave this in. Leave this gap in. That was perfect. All three of us at the same time went, nope. <laughs> oh, do you know about um, in Cardiff, there's a club night called Team Up. Really? Have you heard? Yeah, have you heard of this yeah. club night? No, I've never heard of it. Uh, Oh no! I get the DJ there sometimes. It's not just Cardiff. It um, it's like a travelling club night. But yeah, um, can you hear, can you hear me now? All... Yes. Okay. I don't think I'm using the the microphone, so it just oh, it's okay. for looks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just get a broken case of an SM7 and like, oh, I've got my own. Yeah, I've got my own. Um, yeah, there's a there's a club night in Cardiff and the South Wales and Bristol region called Team Up. Um, who absolutely love you guys. So when all of this shit is over, uh, you'll have to come over and DJ there. I know yeah. they'd love that. We come over um, for yeah. dunk. We'll see if we yeah. can. Mm. Nice. Now, yeah. we, it's funny because there's all of these like random things that I happen upon that I'm like, is this a four years? Like, there's like this weird uh, indie wrestling festival called like, it's called Rise or Die. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> money for this like what's the money? <laughs> can you does that mean you can just turn up at the show one of your songs starts and you can just run out and start beating people up oh surely i think it means i can just show up and just stick my hand into like the money cash register <laughs> this is mine so yeah <laughs> however much you can take out with one hand you can keep that's the rule that's what it is there you go yeah nice oh another thing Perfect. i want to mention about um brain pain is the artwork who um who came up with that? It was that was a long process. We struggled with it a little bit because we always have had like weird, wacky artwork for all of our records, right? And and with this kind of like new version of the band that we were kind of creating for ourselves. Sorry, I got I got dogs. Um, we wanted to do something new and cool. But we had no idea what that was. Um, guys, shut up. <laughs> Bandit! Stop. I think the UPS guy's here, so. Um, so. But, like, it was one of those things where, like, music is easy for me and Dan to, like, visualize this, like, blurry thing in our heads and somehow find a way to make it come to life. But we're not, like, 
artists like 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 you know like designers so like that's the part that wasn't coming supernaturally and and we couldn't figure out like what what should it be we know what the music is we know like even before it existed we knew what the music was um but we had no idea what the artwork we we knew we knew what we wanted it to make you feel like we knew right. the vibe that we wanted the artwork to have. We just didn't have like, if when we found an artist to be like, okay, we want it to be this with that, with this. And like, we just were like, we want it to feel cool, but that's right. Like the, the enemy of the world artwork. We literally wrote up a paragraph to the guy that did the <laughs> painting. Um, like Alan's going to be like, a centaur and Dan's going to be like holding this big boulder and like literally every detail about it was written out in a paragraph and the guy nailed it first try. (laughs) Um, But this, it was kind of more of a collaboration with the artist, Donnie Phillips, who ended up doing it where we kind of like, I had these long conversations with him on the phone, like hours, like conceptualizing. And he was so cool about it, especially considering he did this whole first version and all of us were just like, ah, I don't think that's it, but I can't tell you what it is. I just know it's not that. And he was like, so surprisingly cool and co- calm and collected about it. And, and was good at coming up with ideas. And he had heard a couple of the demos and stuff like that. So, he was trying to conceptualize with us like lyrically and, and, and the vibe of the music and like how to incorporate that into the art. And obviously he has more of a talent because that's what he does than we do. So I was, we were kind of letting, let him kind of take some stabs at it. The first rendition of it was very evil feeling like, like it was very like metal band kind of a thing. And I think our first response was like, it needs to have some element of like, lightness to it because that's kind of what our band has always been this like hybrid of like dark and heavy and like light and poppy and fluffy he, he just he fucking nailed it I, I i love how that came out i can't believe that he kept working on it because the amount of time we'd be like all right here's here's what i think is going on and we'd just be like i don't like it but i don't know why try yeah like and it was all of what he was doing was amazing. Yeah. Like there was no, there was no like, Oh, I hate that. It was just like, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm going to know when it feels right. And it just doesn't feel right yet. It doesn't feel like the marriage between the, the art and the music is there yet. We finally got down to the like last couple details. It really, it really came together. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it sits perfectly with the album and everything. But while we're going through memory lane and remembering some stuff, I did want to bring up the fact that Hassle Records are actually re-releasing your debut album, Rise or Die, on a limited vinyl uh, edition to celebrate their 15th year uh, as a a label. Um, That's a record that's being celebrated so much by yourselves in the whole kind of punk rock, pop punk community and everything. What's some of your earliest memories when you're thinking about that record? And is it quite surreal sometimes to see how much love it still gets all these years later? I mean, that's definitely weird because when we wrote that and released it, we had no idea that it was going to kickstart a, you know, now how many years has it been? 30 yeah, it's been a long time and we had definitely had no idea that it was going to be the start of like our actual careers, you know, <laughs> yeah. not, not like this is 
yeah, this is doing pretty cool. We're like in a band that's playing some shows here and there. We have been playing pretty much all the songs. There's only two songs on that record that hadn't been playing, played live for years before that record came out. But when we put that record out, it was more or so us just being like, all right, well, we have all these songs that don't, aren't like recorded on a record yet. So let's just put these there. And then, you know, we'll start thinking about like what our next record's going to be and like actually start, sorry, the process of like building. And when that record came out and everybody's like, this is amazing. Be like, we've been playing these songs for like five years. Like we didn't, we did not expect it to, to be the beginning of like this, especially with that record. We, we, that cycle was like five years long. And that was one of the reasons we, we did explains it all is because no, it, was, it wasn't that long. It was like, it was like three years. Cause enemy came out in 2010. Oh yeah, that's true. I guess. But it was, it, it was a really long cycle for a band who they put this first thing out. It does fairly well. And normally you try to like get out a follow-up relatively quickly, but we toured 100% of that time. Like we just went from one tour to the next door, to the next door, to the next door. And we didn't write a fucking thing. So <laughs> the label is like, we got to put something out. And we're like, uh, a cover record because we have no songs. I don't even know if we remember how to write songs. Cause it's been so long since we did. And we've never just gone into the studio to write a record before all these songs have been written for like five years. So we just didn't even know how to do that part yet. So what we went in to do explains it all with machine a to kind of like try him out as a producer and also to kind of just like try and shake off some of the, the cobwebs of like not writing and not creatively thinking of how to do stuff. And I think enemy of the world 100% would not have been what enemy of the world was if we did not do explains at all. Um, because that definitely helped us formulate like, Oh, this is cool in this song. We should remember to do something like this later. And then we would, that's what in we one did. of our actual songs. <laughs> <laughs> that that and we built a really great relationship with the producer machine while making explains it all and we knew that that was going to be like we, right making explains it all was actually a really fun and like inspiring experience even though like i don't know i guess most bands could probably say that like cover records are like the yeah like you just kind of like phone it in a little bit and but we had a lot of fun making that and it was like an inspiring like new relationship they were building with machine and we were in uh, it was an important part in our in our career like dan was saying like enemy of the world wouldn't have existed if it wasn't it were wouldn't have existed the way it did if we hadn't made explains at all like I, I do think that was an important chapter even though at the time it did not go over well because it was our it was two years after rise and die trying came out and people like that loved rise of trying and we're like fans waiting for the next album we're like what well, this this is what you're giving us <laughs> oh. um so we did get a little bit of flack for that but yeah how was working with machine it's great yeah he's he's an amazing guy he's uh he's so animated and so enthusiastic about everything that he does he just gets you like super pumped up even if I don't know. Even if the song probably isn't that great, you, you leave being like, this song's gonna be fucking awesome. This on it. Um, he's really fun to work with. He's, he's an insanely nice person, like genuinely just like a nice guy. And uh, he's a producer that approaches every song from like an emotional standpoint. Like he's like, I, this is what I want this song 
to feel like this is because he's not he's not like the most musical person like if i like he doesn't say like oh go up to the f on this like he's just or or like when you when you play a part he just knows like it's not there i want it to go ah and we're like all right <laughs> which, which can be frustrating as a musician because you're like i don't just tell me what you want to hear instead of me tra- having to like you know um like translate that that gibberish that you're speaking into like musical terms like i remember i remember one point when we were making because we also made the go down in history ep with machine and um we were doing that with him. We were working on a song and you, and we were kind of doing a lot of like writing slash pre-production in the studio in this little, like, like B like space he had at his studio. Um, we were just like locked in this tiny room for like a week and he would come in and be like, no, I want, and he, and he said to Jake, our drummer, like, no, I don't want you to play the, the, the crash cymbal on this part. And he's like, okay, cool. So he plays the hi hat. He's like, no, no, no. I don't want you to play the hi hat. He's like, Okay, I try playing the ride. No, 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 no cymbals at all. He's like, oh, okay, I'll play it on the floor tom. And he does that, and he's like, no, I don't want that either. And he's just like, well, what the fuck do you want? That's all, that's all the options. That's it. I don't have any more, I don't have any more drums. Um, so, so, like, it can be frustrating at times, but in the end, it always ends up being for the, for the better because he has, like Dan said, like, the emotional like ride he knows he wants to go on because he's coming at it from a fan's perspective because that's what he is he's a music fan he's not necessarily um like musician he's more of like like rick rubin the world famous producer is a similar thing he doesn't like play instruments he comes at it from like an emotional connection standpoint and like what he wants to what he wants to feel when he hears the song um and yeah it can be frustrating to work with but at the end of the day it always ends up great i think i think also at the same time when you work with a producer who's like i I don't like that part instead you play this part on the ride and you go to the f and you play a lead that goes like this then he's kind of writing the part where with machine just it it forces you to be more creative and to think more outside the box to get like because if you get him to be like yes that's what i was thinking in my head it's like that's insane that we somehow found a way to whatever the fuck he was hearing. <laughs> oh, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, and speaking of the early days as well, one thing I wanted to talk about, and it's something you've incorporated since as well, is that you've always kind of had song titles reflecting on random movie quotes or lines, or even sometimes just making fun uh, of the band itself. Where did that idea originally come from? I mean, it was it just at the start poking fun at each other and just trying to find titles for stuff? Honestly, I think other bands were doing it at the time. <laughs> and I don't, th- I don't think this was it. like the movie quote thing was not unique to us. It yeah. was not, you know, Stop. I think Follow Boy was doing it mm. or something. And, and we were just like, yeah. I, I think Panic at the Disco had some fucking movie quote things. I, th- I think it was I think it was like a sign of the times. I think we all had a go. I yeah. think we all had one from a random film. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it too just came from the fact that when we were so that all kind of started with Rise or Die Trying. So a lot of the things that became, I mean, for your strong isms, I guess, were started on that record with the really weird art that makes no fucking sense and song titles being movies, uh, like things and all that stuff. 
And a lot of that kind of just came from the point where we're just like, anything that can be a talking point or anything that we can get people to just give us one more their attention. That's kind of what we were, I think, going for at the time. Um, there's definitely things that we did that came back to butt us in the ass. Cause now we're like, Oh, now we have, now this is a fucking thing that we have to do. <laughs> time. But, uh, but yeah, I think that really was where we were coming from. Like, especially with the artwork, we were just on the cusp of, you know, m- people buying most of their music online. And, and so we were just like, I just want people to see the thumbnail of this and be like, what the fuck is that? And just make it bigger. And then that just gives us one more second of their time to try to win them over as a fan. And I think that's kind of going for with a lot of that stuff, whether it was on purpose or subconsciously, I don't really know, but retrospectively, I think that's kind of the vibe that we were trying to take that. And I think we, we did like the idea, like the, the whole movie quote thing and the weird artwork also stems from like, not wanting to take ourselves too seriously because we we were very much at the time i think we still are though we take our music and our career seriously we also do it because we like to enjoy what we do right we're not like um and at the time of coming up with song titles and stuff for rise of i trying i remember they were even worse movie quotes and stuff like that they were getting thrown around that our label at the time was just like yeah maybe don't <laughs> you can't say we're that like, we're like, like uh prepare to be digitally manipulated which is like the second song on on rise hmm. trying was originally called can you blow me where the pampers is <laughs> which which is a, a quote from the movie pcu um, and still to this day, we call it blow me. That's like if you, any set list. I mean, we don't play that song all that often anymore, but if it's ever on a set list, it's blow me. So um, you get a set list and it says blow me. It's prepared to be digitally manipulated. Nice. Oh, is it, is there any other, have any other song titles that got rejected? Well, no, I don't know. Not that I can think of on that album, okay. but like Dan was saying, like, we did that on that album. And then from every other album off of that, it was like, well, I guess we have to kind of do this movie quote thing. So what movie quotes are we going to use? So that's kind of why we didn't do it on this album is because it kind of got to the point where it was like, we're just making a list of movie quotes of what we think are like, sound cool it has it has nothing to do with the like concept of what the song was about anymore or anything like that so that's why we kind of like we're like okay that's not an ingredient that is absolutely necessary at this point in our lives so let's get rid of that one because i don't think there are any movie quote ones are there other than technically i guess the album title (laughs) is from a movie but it's not it's kind of indirect how we came up with that as the album title, even though it's kind of from a movie, it's not really because of the movie quote. Yeah. I think with this record, we just worked so hard on it. I would say that the lyrics that like Alan and I worked on for this record are some of the most, I guess, personal and some of the most uh, like real lyrics that we've ever written. And that was a, that was a something we really worked for when we're singing something, we want it to be for a reason. We want, people to be able to listen to these songs and be like, okay, like I can relate to these because they're real. They're, they're a real emotion. They're a real thought that's happening, not just something to fill the space or whatever, you know, like, like for when we did 
uh, self-titled record, we wrote the entire, every lyric on that record was written in three days between the hours of like midnight and five o'clock in the morning because we were in the studio and all the songs were tracked. And we're like, all right, I guess we got to write lyrics to these because we start recording in three days. So we just, wow. we just- it was a very stressful week. <laughs> oh, so, I bet, yeah. So, you know, we really wanted to make sure that everything, everything on this record needed to feel on purpose and that it was done for a reason and that it was thought about and, and done, you know, with purpose. And when all these songs were done that we had like poured so much in, it kind of felt like- wrong to just throw this title right in front of it like we're like we did all this work and now we poured so much emotion and so much realism into this and then we make the title something that just is who fucking cares something that's just forgettable that's just like oh that's funny that's from you know fucking Avengers or something and then there's gonna be like oh whatever but now there's a title on there that actually has to do with the song and it i think it makes it makes the song a little bit more believable i guess yeah Awesome. Yeah. And one thing I wanted to mention as well is something that we found a lot of listeners really enjoy finding out is activities that band members like to do or like side jobs or anything like that they have out of the band. Now, Alan, obviously you record artists yourself and record producer and everything, but we've, we've got to talk about the Christmas trees. I mean, how did all of that start? Please, please tell us. This sounds fascinating. Um, it's not that fascinating, really. Oh, come on. Uh, It is. It is to me. It is to me. I mean, like, I mean, like how it got, how the whole idea got started is not that fascinating. Um, I guess if I go and pinpoint the moment where I was like that, yeah, I want to do that. I've always loved Christmas and like kind of, I mean, Dan can, can probably attest to that. I've always been kind of like a weird freak about Christmas. Um, but specifically I was at a friend's wedding and I was sitting with, um, goose, the the bass player of polar bear club at the time. Um, and he brought up how he was planning his wedding. And while he was going to the nursery, where he got the flowers for his wedding. He ended up making friends with the guy that owned it. And they also sell Christmas trees. So he got this job selling Christmas trees for the, for the winter um, or for the holiday season. I was like, that sounds like the coolest job ever. Um, and I'm always home around the holidays. So I went like, I kind of did a little bit of research on my end of like searching for jobs, selling Christmas trees at like existing places. And it was fucking September. So there was no jobs. Like no one was posting anything about selling Christmas trees, but there was tons of information on how to start doing it yourself. That was at a interesting time. That was when the band like kind of broke up and I was going through like some weird shit in my life where my wife was working. I was living in the city. Um, and I was just home all day in my sweatpants doing nothing. And like every day my wife would come home and I'd be like investigating some new hobby that was really just distracting me from my depression. And one day she comes home from work and I'm like, we're going to sell Christmas trees. (laughs) (laughs) And oddly enough, she was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Next thing you know, we're ordering like hundreds of Christmas trees from this farm up in Canada. And we get a truckload where Dan was helping me at the time build like this little hut out of like pallets that I would be like hanging out in and selling. And did you like split your head open while we were doing that? Yeah, I did. I walked into a clamp. I still have a scar from it. Um, 
but yeah, we just started doing it one year and it's turned into this thing that we now do every year. I think this will be our seventh year doing it. We're still ordering trees from other farms, but the hope once we got into it was to start growing our own trees. And four years ago now we bought the farm that I live on now started planting Christmas trees and we plant new ones every year. And I think the tallest one now, cause they grow like a foot a year. They take forever. The tallest ones we have now are probably like three and a half, four feet tall. So we still got a, a few years to we're selling any of those, but now we sell them at our farm. We get them all from local, relatively local Massachusetts farms and it's a pretty cool thing, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it is awesome. It's awesome. It's um, yeah, we've spoke to loads of people about other jobs, but yeah, never Christmas tree well, farm. So yeah, that's the it, first. It's something you never expect, like your favorite bands to be doing on the side. Right. I mean, because it's fucking lame. You mean? No, <laughs> no, it's just no. Far from it. How many trees do you have planted now? I don't know. It's hard to keep track because they die, and then you plant more. We probably have like around two thousand planted. Whoa, you've got a Christmas tree forest. Yeah, well, that's not that many. Like, when, when you talk about Christmas tree farms, like, that's pretty small scale. Yeah, but that's a whole festival in the UK, <laughs> 2,000 Christmas trees. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we sell, like, three to 500 a year, you know, so 2,000 isn't going to last you very long when they take eight years to grow. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah okay, true. maybe, that's, and yeah. That's true, yeah. And that's yeah, why you, you that. plant you plant a small amount every year. Well, small amount, like we plant like around 700 to a thousand. We're also learning as we go. So, so last year we plant or two years ago, we planted 700 trees and every single one of them died. Um, oh. So we had to pull them all out and start over. We lost a year there, but you know, we're figuring out as we go, but um, you plant them in stages so that when you do finally start selling them, you have some at this height and this height and this height. And that when you cut down this big one next year, this one will be a big one, you know. Yeah. Nice. All kinds of strategy behind it that I'm still figuring out. That's awesome. <laughs> well, excited to see where it all goes. But uh, just a couple more very quick things now, guys, before you go. Um, I know we've mentioned that, you know, no one knows what the hell's going on in the world now and it's hard to plan and talking to the labels and everything. But I did notice that Enemy of the World is 10 years old this year um did you have any kind of celebrations to go along with it or is there anything that you're thinking of doing now in these weird covid times to kind of celebrate it in any way well we 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 had kind of these tentative plans that we were going to do some 10-year anniversary tours they weren't going to be during the the 10 celebration because we didn't want to squash brain pain so we were just like yeah we'll do i mean as long as we do it, no one's going to give a shit if it's like, oh, the 12 year anniversary, like who cares? So that was kind of our plan. Um, but now who friggin' knows? I mean, we're, we're always trying to come up with some way to accomplish the same tasks and the same goals that we had for the cycle, but obviously virtually or whatever. So we're trying to some things out. We're trying to be creative and find ways to, uh, to celebrate that record and to, to, make the, the people who are fans of that record and looking forward to it, you know, happy. But also when this whole thing is over, are we going to do Enemy of the World anniversary tours? Sure. Maybe they're a 15 year anniversary, but we'll do them at some point for sure. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, 
if nothing else, this whole pandemic has definitely forced a lot of people to exercise their creative thinking, right? Like, like obviously with musicians, you got to think about how to do things outside the box. You're not able to do things normal way. So you got to figure out a new way to do it. And that's happening everywhere. Like, like we have a friend that has a bakery that I talked to the other day that like they're kind of rethinking their whole business model and like trying to adapt to the times that is going to affect them long-term. It's not just like how are we figuring this out for right now, but like everyone I think is going to be taking something away from this that could potentially benefit them long-term. Like you think online ordering at restaurants and pickup is going to die down after this? No, that's just like a new thing because it's fucking easy. It's better. <laughs> it's better than having to call. I just do it on my phone and I walk in and it's there and it's ready. Why wouldn't I just do that forever now? Sometimes you don't have to walk in. There's just a guy that hangs out outside. And when your car pulls up, he goes, are you picking up? <laughs> yeah, Becky. Yeah, sure. He throws it in your window and you just get the There was one place that I had to fill out on the website, what make and mod, like what, color my car was because they just pull up and they know it's your shit and here you go and it's kind of amazing it's like why would we go back to normal this is easier i could be an even lazier piece of shit now i don't even have to get out of my car the thing that sucks on i guess the end of people who are in the live entertainment industry is that i mean we're basically going to be the last people who get to go back to work and I think that's the most frustrating is, is everybody kind of gets to figure out a way to adapt um, to the times and still find a way to continue what they were doing in a slightly, you know, ajar way where we are still in this like, yeah, we're trying to do all these things virtually, but the bread and butter of what I, we are and what a lot of bands and, and live entertainment people are is a like everyone has to be in the same room to make this thing and to have that, the connection that everybody is wanting when they go to a live show. So I think that's the most frustrating part about, you know, when you see all the, when you see people being like, you know, I don't believe it's real or I'm not going to wear a mask or I, it's like, it sucks because all they're doing is just pushing the, the, the ball just further and further down the field of when we actually get to like start day one. You know what I mean? And that's the most frustrating part is everybody kind of gets to have these, like, we're operating at like 50% of what we do normal, like as restaurant goes or like a business, where like, oh, we can only have 10 people in this sort of time. It's like, that's cool. But like, we're not playing shows to, and only allowing 10 people in the room. Like that's, there's just, it's just flatlined. You know what I mean? And that's the, the most frustrating part about the whole thing is I know everybody wishes that they knew what the end date was going to be. But the thing that sucks about us is the end date is actually the start date for us. You know what I mean? It's not just like when we get to go back to normal. It's like when we get to start figuring out what the fuck we get to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the music industry in general is just, has just been getting fucked for years because, you know, when the decline of purchasing music started, the, the industry, like, turned like just like found a new road to drive down and that was live music it's like how how do we make it so that now that is where everyone makes money and labels went to taking 360 deals where they were taking money from touring and merchandise sales and stuff like that and 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 artists and managers and things like that were rethinking uh strategic uh methods of like 
okay, let's go out on tour to promote this new album that we want to sell. No, that's not the model anymore. Now it's let's make an album so that we have a reason to go out on tour and make money and, 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 and keep the fucking gears turning. But now we don't even fucking have that, you know, it's like, so what, what do we do as an industry to, you know, I mean, industry is a funny word because when you think of that word, you think about like the fucking head hot shows, the freaking millionaires out in the world, but that are, that are, profiting off of music but there's such a small version of that which is people like dan and i who make a living a a, a not that fucking crazy living right <laughs> yeah making music and touring that's how we make a living you know just like other people have nine to five jobs we go out on the road and we and it's not always fun it's not like you know not that i would trade it for anything in the world but playing being on tour especially at times in our career we were gone away from home for 10 months a year is not always easy it's not always glamorous like sometimes it fucking sucks i would give anything to be playing a shithole smelly venue getting <laughs> covered in my own sweat and sleeping for eight hours just in my own disgustingness just to do it again tomorrow like i would i know i would kill yeah them. Uh, yeah, I would play to about three people. Now. Well, not even three. I'd play to one. If <laughs> do you know, what? I just like to rehearse. Just in a rehearse <laughs> in a room, I can just throw myself about in right now because I just need to get it out. I'm busting to play gigs again. I've wondered and, um, about this whole. I've wondered about this whole drive-in situation that people are doing. But like, I just I don't know. Maybe maybe it makes sense for not enough drive-ins. It's like maybe like. 11 in the whole country but there is one right down the street from our house dan no there is one right down the <laughs> that's the thing there's like 11 in the entire country three of them are in massachusetts and one of them is in new hampshire dinosaur oh, is oh, be- so we're good dinosaur jr is playing in new hampshire i think at the new hampshire one like next weekend really i just can't tell i just can't tell if that would be any fun for our fans for or us. us i don't think it works because like for that to work, it has to be the type of band that you would just enjoy watching, not part- yeah. And with our with with our live shows, that I think the thing that makes them what they are is the participation between the crowd and us, and us feeding off of each other's energy. Like even as far as like we go, like there's no way that we could get up on a drive-in stage and play for a bunch of cars and have the same enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> the same, the same, no. yeah. The, I have an idea. Okay, here we go. We play a live outdoor show. Okay, I'm with you. But we hire like a carnival company to bring in bumper cars. <laughs> oh. So everyone has their own their own bubble, right? Everyone can't you can't touch each other. You're in your little car, but you're just driving into each other. Right, and you're just fucking bumping each other around. Yeah. But okay. You're... Well, what? What about? I'm going to take that idea. I'm running <laughs> with this now. This has become a Zoom business meeting now. <laughs> Fuck the podcast. The podcast was never going anywhere. Fuck it. Anyway, what about yeah. one meter thick Zorb suits? So like the Zorb balls. Yeah. <laughs> if you had a meter and they've got a meter, you're two meters apart. <laughs> fucking chaos pits the lot. A day to remember. A day to remember was way ahead of their time. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Eh? Yeah, they were. Yeah, Jeremy had that shit figured out long Jeremy, ago. Jeremy knew. 
Everybody else is fucked, but Jeremy would have been protected. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying a day to remember started the pandemic, <laughs> but it's looking likely. It's looking likely. I mean, uh, uh, we just need to invest in hazmat suits, right? If everybody at the show just wears a hazmat suit, crowd surf to your heart's content. Who cares? Yes. Everybody's just in a suit that's airtight. You can't get what's inside. You can still mosh and do whatever the heck you want to do. Just you're in a suit. You're in your own little yeah. hazmat or dive in suits only. Oh, it says they have a, little, little, yeah. they have little vents at the bottom to drain the sweat out of. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, by the last song, you just got heavy, wet legs. Oh, it's <laughs> dreadful. Dreadful. Everyone will um, lose weight. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's, there's many uses yeah, we for should this look now. Into this. There's got to, yeah, there's got to be some sort of four-year-strong exercise pit or something that we can make out of this. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna think more about this. Um, yeah, <laughs> awesome, cool. Oh, amazing, um, guys. Yeah. Any more, Mog? No, that's. I've loved every second of this. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, yeah, best of luck with everything now, and hopefully, it won't be too long until you can actually come back over here and we can all have a giant mosh party together. Sounds good. Fingers crossed. Yes, please. Can we please do one of these in the flesh when you come over? I think, yeah, um, that'd be great. I, th I think that'd be really fun. Um, and oh yeah, Alan, I was telling Dan before, um, before you came earlier in the UK, uh, there's a guy called Alan Partridge, who's like a comedy character. Yeah. And I know there's yeah. There's a famous scene where he's in a car park and he sees his friend, Dan, and he's just yelling Dan for about a minute straight. Um, I need you after this to please go and watch it because it's hilarious. Okay. Well, isn't there isn't there the the Alan one too? Alan, Alan. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That's the um. There's like a marmoset or something. Yeah. Like there's some yeah. sort of animal. Like, Alan, yeah. Alan, Alan, Alan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that one as well. But yeah, I think the Dan one, the Alan doing Dan, kind of came first. But yeah, check it out. It's very very funny. Love that. Um, but yeah, thank you very, very much for doing this, boys. It's been um, very insightful, very funny, and uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Having us, Sean, awesome. the, uh, with the single drop. Yes. yes, thank you very much. Um, I'm going to need it. I'm definitely <laughs> going to need it. For fucks. <laughs> but yeah, cool. Thank you, guys. Thank you. No problem. Bye. See ya. You listen to the podcast? Yeah! <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And of course, yes. Yes, yes, Y E S. Yes, that was. <laughs> yes, yes, F Y S. That was four years strong. Thank you very much to Dan and Alan. Um, we had a. I had a fucking great time. I had a really good time. Um, I wasn't sure how I was going to go in the beginning, especially with the awkwardness with Alan just having passed his COVID test. Yeah. Um, Congratulations. By, by passed, I mean he's negative. Yeah. I just yeah. realised that. No, no, yeah, yeah. Um, he doesn't have COVID. COVID. Yes. No. There we are. Um, but... Uh, he did test positive for awesomeness. <laughs> so um, that was cool. It was super cool to see him. Um, and yeah, we had a lovely chat with Dan before Alan came in that broke the ice and stuff. And yeah, oh yeah, we talked about rumours, didn't we? We Remember did, we yeah. we talked about rumours about yeah. the bands? We didn't get into that in the chat. Um, yeah, what did what did he say was his favourite rumour he'd heard about himself? Oh, that they were all like, when they started, because of the beards, they were all like 47. <laughs> <laughs> People, they were like 19 and 21 and stuff, and everyone was like, oh, those beards are too good. They, they're 47. 
unbelievable yeah um yeah and also yes they thought that somebody somebody said they were trump supporters as well when obviously they're clearly not um but yeah thanks again to alan and dan what a fucking great chat lovely guys i hope i really really hope we get to do one in the flesh when we can yes um yeah that would be fantastic hopefully raiders get to play some shows at some point with four years strong as well because i think that could be that could be fun that that would be a good one. I'd I'd like to see the uh, the atmosphere for that. But of course, if you haven't picked up a copy of Four Year Strong's latest record, Brain Ping, then what are Do you it. waiting for? It's absolutely it. insane. You'll get you through these weird, weird times, and they're excellent dudes. And of course, Hassle Records are reissuing their debut album, Rise or Die, trying for the label's fifteenth year anniversary, and you can pre-order a copy of that on limited edition, multicolor vinyl extravaganzas at hasslerecords.com so four years strong doing everything they possibly can to still be awesome and they are yes yes they are well done to all of those people involved um we are now best friends whether you like it or not so <laughs> there you go <laughs> oh incredible but speaking of um best friends as well sean uh another reminder that your new single destructive bot by raiders is available now so if you could do with best friends um uh it's true none of your best friends are in raiders are they you like you like bob because you've stuck with bob for like you've been with bob for years like no i hate bob ah um sticks what do you feel about sticks i like sticks because he's the only one who might listen to this Aye, aye, sticks. Love you. But, but, they can't see that, can they? I've done that to you. Uh, we know. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Ryan and Bob, I hate them, actually. Oh. And um, if I ever see them again in public, I'm going to fight them on sight. So, um, they won't hear this, so they're in for a treat when I see them. But yeah, Raiders Band UK on everything. at On Twitter, Instagram, Facebook... Have a look at Raiders UK on Spotify if you're listening to this on Saturday. If you're not, if it's Friday, the song is out, RaidersBandUK.Bandcamp.com. Please consider purchasing it on the Friday because all the money goes to the artist and the artist is me. And by me, I mean <laughs> the rest of the band because we need to pay for the recordings and everything that we've done. Oh. So, yes, please check it out. Thank you very much. I'll stop talking about it right now. <laughs> oh, I love this. I love every single thing. Um, and if you're on social media anyway, give us a follow at Sapping and Pod on the Twitter, at Instagram. It's at S A P P E N I N P O D. Who would have thought, Sean? Yeah. Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. Um, yeah, if you've enjoyed any of the past 93, 94 technically with a bonus one, 94 episodes of this Consense, that's content and nonsense that I've trademarked, so don't go using it because I have trademarked it, don't look it up, <laughs> and you think, oh, I'd like to support these idiots somehow, check out patreon.com forward slash sapnin where you can give as little as a cup of coffee um, for me and Morgan to help get around make this podcast better um traveling remember last week we traveled and um it was absolutely pointless because the guests didn't turn up yeah but so, we yeah, did get so, a, a nice video out of it that is available on our patreon page correct also great advertising here so check it out patreon.com forward slash sapnin s-a-p-p-e-n-i-n
yeah, there's loads of bonuses on there, extra content. You can get goodies from us. But most importantly, you can join a community that we bloody love, who celebrate each other, who help each other, support each other, and will become your new best friends if you like it or not. So that's patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. And while we're mentioning those beautiful bastards, why don't you head over to the description of this episode? There's loads of them we need to thank. Uh, in There's loads of names in there that we would like to thank. But we need to give a mahusive shout out to the elite members of our Patreon community. Those are the top tiers. And Sean is about to name their weird name changes so that we sound silly uh, right about now, I guess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Right, let's have a look. Thank you very much to the amazing Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwoe, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Janelle Skeletons on Society Caston, Amadina Barna, Sarah, I can't believe you two knobs didn't get the Marilyn Manson references, uh, Marilyn Monroe references <laughs> last week. Sorry, I said Marilyn Manson because I was looking at a picture at the same time she, I was reading Marilyn Monroe. Ooh! Oh! Thanks to Nathan Nation. Thanks to Nathan Croshaw, Kelly Young, happy birthday Thursday, you amazing chica. Who's that? Oh, it's Kelly. Is it her birthday Thursday? I d- anyway, which has just gone. Dilly Swan Legs Grimwood. Ohio is for Emo Chester. Michael Engler. Liam Connolly. Drew Styles. The Cult of David Dickinson. Kelly Irwin. The Maxin Dancing Champion Campion. Kate Gentleman Prefers Ginger's Puttocks. Johnny Phillips. Scott the Antichrist Jones. Simon Amos. Ollie Spilled the Blood Amesbury. Kate Stevenson. Samuel Griffiths. Jenny Munster. Emily Senegals. Lucy Deards. Martina McManus. John and Emma. Kelly Mallory. Becky Andy. Erin Howard. Louis Cook. Marcy Jacobson. Jason Heredia. Done it again. Sandra Kuwachek, Mike Cunningham, Charles Pendlebury, BA Honours, Livy Cropper, James McNaught, Tallulah Grant, Stuart McNaught, Kelly Cannon, Lydia Henderson, Tony Michael, and Jenny Robinson. If your name's not on that list, and it's normally on that list, it might be because at the moment it is currently September the 2nd, and I think Patreon takes a, a minute to process some people's 
process some people's membership so if i i've missed you out on this one i am so sorry but we do love you and uh yes that'll be sorted by next week but also i wanted to say i've been messaged by um becky mayoko who's one of the patreons and she wanted me to wish paul hirschfield a happy birthday because it's his birthday apparently oh yeah i believe he's uh 275 so no, come um, on he's not a day I- past f- 274 I don't know. He's looking more like the Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt every day. Um, anyway, big love to Paul Hirschfield. Thank you very much for being a, a friend, uh, a Patreon, and a brother. Thank you very much to all those people. We love you all very, very much. We love everybody in the group. I cannot stress this enough. You're all fucking superstars. Thank you so, so, so much for your support and love. It means the world to me and Morgan. Yes, we love you more than the life itself. More than four years strong, have awesome beards. That calculation is how much we love you. I fucked that up completely. But you can understand what I mean. Come on, we love you. That's the base. That's the bottom line. Because Mo Dick said so. <laughs> oh, fuck me. It's all gone wrong. Anyway, um, thank you very much for listening to episode 93 of Sapman Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Um, hopefully, we will see you next week. If you haven't checked out the other episodes, please do check it out. There's loads of different bands, artists, comedians, wrestlers, um, actors and stuff to uh, check out. So, yeah, please check Mm. it out. And, um, yeah, we'll see you next week, I guess. Yeah, and if you're good at maths, then you'll realise that episode 100 is fast approaching and we've got a lot of little celebrations in plan trying to sort some things out so you better hit that subscribe button because you'll get notifications about everything straight away so thanks for listening you're all awesome let's celebrate everything while we can i don't know what that meant oh my god that's very uh pessimistic of you. <laughs> like, like, we're like we're all gonna, gonna die forever. like we're all yeah. gonna die well, yeah. yeah uh try not to die between now and next week's episode please um if you do let us know at sapning pod <laughs> right let's go sapning you're listening to sapning podcast with sean smith and morgan richards thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or i don't i don't know what else you do with podcasts um thank you very much